This podcast is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Find out how you can become a member by going to the website letschatpodcast.net. See, this is on me. I should have known if I'm doing a movie with uh, Christopher Walken that you got to do the fucking Christopher Walken. I should have got my, I should have got my Christopher Walken chops on. I got you. I'm warming up. I got it. You don't have to do the Christopher Walken thing to be. They have no idea about this. It's to do your own. If you don't know anything, man, Christopher Walken will find you in the middle of the night if you don't do his uh, fucking accent when you do a Christopher Walken quote. Yeah, he will appear in your bathroom mirror and haunt you. It's like the new Candyman. Yeah, oh, I'm telling you, oh. man, Christopher Walken? I, I so want that remake of Candyman with Christopher Walken in one, there. Right? Well, oh, yeah, that would be hilarious. Though. <laughs> I, that should be, he should be the main villain. Just, yeah, just still keep the same cast. Oh, my God, that would be hilarious if Christopher Walken was Candyman. Because he's really old, too, so like he could play like a kind of like death incarnate. Oh, hell yeah. Oh my God, dude! Chris, I'm, I'm getting that. Just, I'm getting that go funded right now. I'm starting to go fund me I'm, to get I'm, Christopher Walken. Just do a whole whole new version of that. I mean, well, you know, because uh, there was a sequel to the original Candyman called Candyman: Farewell to the Flesh. So I'm right. thinking you can still do a sequel because I imagine this reboot of Candyman is going to make some pretty good money. You know, it's got Jordan Peele's name behind it. Uh, it's got a good strong cast and. I just regardless of what happens to you know the actual Candyman in this one, it doesn't matter. Just surprise everyone by having Christopher Walken in the sequel. Like just come just come out and say the most Christopher Walken bullshit ever too. Just the wildest like wouldn't even make sense. It wouldn't even it wouldn't even be scary. He would just come out dressing like a black robe. Oh, like the Continental in Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Just yeah, I'm not even gonna do a. Oh, Christopher Walken, the Blue Oyster Cult from SNL skit is is top like three SNL skits in my book. Oh, of all time, yes. I... Holy hell, because I love Jimmy Fallon every time because he broke character like the entire time <laughs> he was on that show. He always broke character. Oh hell yeah! This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, spoilers, and some brief nudity. So parental guidance is suggested. We have such sights to show you. After about five minutes of this movie, you're going to wish you had ten beers. And such? And? And there are many gifts in the world and many times as well. But I am Sancho. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Listen, Walter. Listen, I made a great reporter out of you, Hilly, but you won't be half as good on any other paper and you know it. We're a team. That's what we are. You need to I need you in the paper and he's all of America. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Oh, well. <laughs> la di da. La di da. La la. Yeah. Welcome back to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Recall Podcast. I'm your host, as always, The Vern, and our special guest for tonight's episode, we are talking with the one and only. Curtis Williams of the Half Hour Bros podcast. Hello, Curtis. How are you today, sir? What's up, man? Good introduction. I appreciate that. That was oh, real welcoming. It's so so cool to have you on here. Uh, I like having new blood onto the show. This is absolutely really kind of exciting. Now you host a podcast with your brother, and uh, you're found everywhere. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about what your podcast is about? 
Yeah, um, so we started it around the time the pandemic kicked in, um, and we were just, my brother got me on the podcast, I'm like, I don't know what this is, like, I've never heard a podcast, this uh, this isn't going to be around for two months, and then I started listening to him, and I get hooked, and I called him one day, and I was like, we could do this, like, I've heard some that are that are really bad, and I think mm-hmm. we could do this, like, we could, we could break through the shell, so... So we started it up uh, in my guest bedroom, like the dojo, and uh, it's just me, him, usually drinking, usually bullshitting, uh, do movie reviews, uh, beer reviews, talk about current events, riff on shit from our childhood. Uh, we're eight years apart, so I'm 31, he's 39, so there's kind of like a little generational gap that we get into. Oh, nice. Um, and we and we do it at my house, so I'm usually I'm usually pretty hammered on the show, so. It usually makes for some for some nice content, nice back and forth, but uh, that's really it, man. It's just us bullshitting. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and when we looked at the uh, like the market, there really wasn't one with like two brothers drinking, reviewing shit, kind of bro comedy uh, podcast. So that's it. That's it. Perfect. I love that very much. There, I should really get you guys uh, hooked up with another buddy of mine. His name is Jason Soto. He hosts whatever with Jason Soto. And he also does uh, kind of a free-form comedy podcast. And I think you two would have like a lot of fun uh, just talking about it. That's what the show is. just talks about random things that happen in the news and sometimes movie reviews, but just kind of just random stuff. And I like seeing more of that. And you two have like really good chemistry with each other. So I really enjoy listening to hear you guys on the radio. That's I say radio. I know it's podcast, but fuck it. I still say hey, it's radio. You, you know, we're on a helium radio too, actually. Oh, you so are. On Mon- at Mondays on a, like 6 p.m. I think they play our newest episode. Oh well, hell yeah! Well, there you go, folks. Go to helium. Uh, you can also Spotify, find Spotify, yep. Apple. Yeah, it's Spotify, Apple. If you just Google the Half Hour Bros podcast, you'll be right there. Uh, let's. We got a TikTok, uh, Half Hour Bros Pod. Uh, we upload. We're, we're starting to get the content together. It's a uh, it's a process, man. I don't really want to put a bunch of just junk out, so we're trying to we're trying to invest a little bit and curate. But we're on TikTok, Half Hour Bros Pod, Twitter, same one, and uh, Half Hour Bros at Gmail dot com. New episodes every Thursday or Friday, depending on how drunk I am Thursday. So. <laughs> no, right. Well, I was like, you know, doing shows or putting content out on TikTok because that is one sort of format that Cinema Recall is not part of just yet. Just because I have no idea what sort of things to put on the TikTok. So how do you decide what stuff goes on to your TikTok? So do you do you have a TikTok? I do not. Okay, so if you if you ever get one, and there's a there's a large group that will never get them, but if you ever get a TikTok, just know it's gonna have some of the best shit you've ever seen in your life, slash the cringiest, most awkward shit that you would never want to see in your life. And you're just going to have to put up with both. And That's a, just the balance of it. In a way, it's sort of like the algorithm of life. There's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever shit you want to see and then some shit that you don't want to see. You okay. know, you can curate it. You can curate it yeah. to what you like. But even then, man, they're going to they're gonna slide through the cracks, man. You're, there's some – the dances they do on there, it's some of the cringiest stuff you could ever watch. But – I keep going on every day because it's also some of the best shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, okay. For ours, though, we, we've we been making more um, – I can do a couple voices. We've been pretty good with, like, voice impressions growing up, so I got a couple where we do those. Um, you know, I make, like, the ad on the show, the Podgo ad, and, uh, like, a couple other things. 
So we put kind of voiceover shit, kind of duet shit. We're still working on writing like actual comedy work to put on there. But uh, I think we're probably just going to review beers and uh, like maybe start that on TikTok. I like that. All right. Hopefully you'll get contacted by some brewery companies to have you sponsor oh, them. Oh, God, man. That's the dream. We've got a couple sponsors now, man. But the dream is to get like a beer to sponsor or any kind of alcohol so that we can like get like an actual like main sponsor. Right now, we just kind of have floating sponsors in and out. Okay. Well, very. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that, with all your sponsors and all the work that you've been doing on the show. Um, a quick little side note, folks, for our listeners here, and I got to do a quick little housekeeping. Now, I noticed I said before on the show that I like to post episodes on our Patreon on Tuesdays and then the main episodes on Friday or Saturday. Uh, well, recently, folks, I just got hired in for a new job and I'll be starting that very, very soon. So all this week, I was trying to get paperwork all put together for that. And they had me go online for some things I could fill out, but then some things that I should go into their office. And then there was like a lot of like back and forth. Uh, so this episode is coming to you late. It's probably going to be posted. Uh, if you're on Patreon, I apologize. This episode won't be on Patreon. It'll just be posted to our regular feed. Uh, but usually in the future, I'll post episodes early on Patreon. But there will be a bonus episode on Patreon, hopefully this weekend. So look out for that. I'm going to be reviewing the 1996 very obscure odd movie called Kissed. Uh, last week, I reviewed Crash, the David Cronenberg film. This week on our Patreon page, it's going to be the movie Kissed with Molly Parker. Curtis, have you heard of the movie Kissed? Uh, no, I've, uh, drinking a sun kissed, if okay. that helps, but no, I haven't heard of the movie Kissed. Okay, well, it's, I just know it's spoiled here, but it's a dramedy about a woman who's a necrophiliac. Okay. Yes. I'm not mad at that. I, I kind of like films that, every once in a while, man, I like to watch one where somebody just goes completely left. I just think, like, there's almost a beauty in the fact that they go so out of pocket that you're just like, this is kind of like art now. It's 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 and it's not graphic. Someone said it's like Walt Disney made a movie about necrophilia. Okay. And yeah, that's that's fine. I, I don't gorgeous. even mind the graphic ones. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I don't. But I do like the ones where they can, you know, some movies they have to have 90 sex scenes and 14 murders. I like a movie kind of like um, I don't know, Mr. Brooks. Oh, with uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, David Cook back when, or uh, Dane Cook back when nobody knew him. Oh yeah, I remember that flick. That yeah, wasn't bad. That, I mean, more like that was subtle. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you kind of got terrified. Like your skin kind of, sh- you didn't have like an axe coming through and like 800 things busting open and bleeding. Like it's cool to be subtle sometimes and get the point across. It's almost harder. Yeah, true. Very, very much true. And uh, this is a film uh, that just does that very much. It's slow. Still approach right there. But yeah, that's going to be the bonus episode come up on for Patreon users next week. Um, and yeah, and also just kind of going for it too with the new job. Since I'm working nights now, uh, I won't be able to post episodes as often as I'd like to. So I appreciate your patience with us. Uh, but I am going to be an upcoming guest on the It's Time to Rewind podcast with my good friend Bubba Wheat. Uh, Bubba, Bubba Wheat is doing a whole podcast about time loop movies, 
And for his first season, he's doing one on Groundhog's Day. And oh God, classic man, classic. But that's he, oh. He's doing one on each time loop. So each time a time loop happens, he brings a guest on to talk about that time loop, and he's oh, having wow. me on to talk about all the times that uh, Phil Connors tried to kill himself. Oh God, that's the best. That's the best montage of him just like falling, jumping, putting the toaster in the bathtub. Yeah. Oh my. The one where he falls is the most dramatic shit ever because he's oh, just yeah. on top and he just. He just skydives down. I love because that next scene, he's like, "I can't die. I'm a god." Yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, each different ones there, and we have conversations about uh, uh, suicide, depression. It's actually really good. It sounds kind of dark, but it's actually very kind of uplifting, and it's funny as well because you gotta learn to laugh at the darker side of life. So definitely check it out. You can find him on Twitter at uh, bubbleweed or flightstastingmovienates.com. Okay, Curtis. The movie you What's picked up? today was Catch Me If You Can, the movie feature directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, and say Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, uh, written by Jeff Nathanson. Tell us why did you pick this movie? You know, when when I heard about your show, and I see you post a ton of stuff. I, we're both on the, uh, you know, Chris Ravel timeline yes. chat. You know what I'm saying? So I see you post shit, like, all the time. And um, when I finally got to come on, because I don't know if you know this, I will do every show. Every show. As soon as somebody comes into a group, as soon as somebody joins Facebook and I see it on my feed, I'm like, the first comment in, do you guys take guests? Because I just, I'll do any show. It doesn't matter. And I've talked about movies a bunch, but it's always comedy movies, comedy, comedy. And I, I've watched comedy movies. I can quote, you know, Spaceballs, uh, forwards and backwards. You know, there's like Wedding Crashers and shit like that. So when I was working out to come on here, I was like, let me pick something that isn't necessarily like ha-ha funny, but just something that's like a, a nice piece of film. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Catch Me If You Can. Sounds good. Let's play a quick little trailer of the movie, and then we'll get back, all right? Frank Abagnale Jr. had a life any man would envy. I'm a pilot. I'm a doctor. I'm getting back into law. The only problem was... Special Agent Henry, FBI. None of it was true. Your son is fudging checks. Just tell me how much he owes and I'll pay you back. $1.3 million. Leonardo DiCaprio. I'd like to take you out for a steak dinner. <laughs> Tom Hanks. I love my job. In a film by Steven Spielberg. Hey! Catch me if you can. Rated PG-13. Starts everywhere Christmas. All right, you just heard a trailer from Catch Me If You Can. Uh, this film uh, is about a... Young guy by the name of Frank Abagnale, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who, before he turned 19, this dude uh, basically was an airline pilot, he was a doctor, he was a teacher, and he's been chased by Tom Hanks' character because Guy like, forwards a bunch of checks. Uh, it's a really fun con movie, but I want to hear from you, Curtis. I mean, what is it about this movie that you know you actually like the most? Um, one, it was the cast. I remember, like, um, do you, uh, do you happen to know what year it came out? I thought it was the early 2000s. I want to say, like, right. 2001, 2000. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's about right. So I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like 12 or 13 or whatever, and I just remember seeing, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, love him. Tom Hanks, love him. 
You know, it's got Christopher Walken in it. It, ha- it has a bunch of people in it that are huge stars now Holy that are literally like nobody. Amy Adams. I think Amy Adams. Role. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, Amy Adams. That was her first role, really? I think so. Wow. Yeah, she killed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she and she's huge now, but I just – I loved it. I love I love Tom Hanks' character, uh, the kind of like, you know, dusted cop, and nobody really takes him serious, and nobody really thinks his work is kind of really doing anything important. And he's just kind of straight laced guy, which is something to prove. And it's like right there that at this beginning of an era to where like people are forging and like technology is moving forward, and they're still having like these analog, you know, back you know back in the Western times, man, you could you could con somebody real easy. Oh sure, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So so like it's starting to evolve past that. It's like right there in that middle point between this boom of that's gonna push them into the technology that we kind of enjoy today. And there's still moments to where you're watching it and you're like, man, some of this shit is so old-fashioned and outdated. Like, it really hits it at the perfect year. And well, it's a true story, too. I like those. What I love about this movie is that it's both a con movie because Fred Abenell is basically conning a bunch of people. He's impersonating all the different types of professions. Uh, but it's also a story about, like, a father and a son uh, first of all, you have um, Christopher Walken and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's, you know, uh, relationship with each other. And even the beginning parts of the movie, you can see that Leo's character is kind of learning from his dad. Like, there's a scene where they're at a bank, and even his father's trying to con the bank man a little bit. He's giving his sons, like, little tips. And then when he finds out about their parents' divorce... That's when Frank just runs off, and he, that's when he begins his uh, career as a con man. And it's not really until you know Tom Hanks' character catches up with them that there's a different shift in dynamics there. Like at first, it's about you know cops chasing him, and Frank's gotta find ways to get away. Um, I love the first sequence when uh, both Tom Hanks and Leo's characters meet for the first time, and Leo oh poses as a cop. Oh my God! Oh yeah, uh, Secret Service. Oh, Secret Service, and he, yeah. yeah. And he just—he's like puttering around. He—I he, love his misdirection because he tosses Tom Hanks the wallet. And he goes, "Here, here's my credentials. There you go. Look through them." Yep. And then immediately goes to the window and he's like, "Hey, but look, check out here. Here's my partner." Like, you see throughout the, and you also see him scared too when he's drinking the water. Like when he's trying to get out of the room, you see that he's just a scared kid. But like, he's got this kind of suave con man thing about him. He's just so believable. Because he's so in your face with what the story is that you have no choice but to believe him. Yeah, but the way that uh, their characters, Tom Hanks and Leo's characters, switch from being, you know, uh, FBI chasing this criminal to having almost like a father and son dynamic about them. Yeah. Because, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, uh, spoiler alert: uh, Leo's father. You find out, you know, he does die halfway through. And I think those two end up becoming sort of close, like a father and son. So even though it's a con movie, I still see that family element. Because, of course, you have Steven Spielberg directing this movie. And he always has to do stuff about, you know, having, like, fatherhood and family in his features, even as a con movie. And when I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if someone else directed this, who could it be? And I think Steven Spielberg puts that family warmth to it 
But at the same time, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he should have teamed up with a different director for some of the con stuff. Like, I would love to have seen, like, maybe like a Paul Thomas Anderson, um, or even a, um, uh, Steven Soderbergh. Okay, yeah, yeah. Direct this too. Like, Steven Soderbergh could have done all, like, the con stuff, and then in the first half, and then Steven Spielberg could have done, like, the later half of, after... Great Abinella gets caught, and you know the later things he has with Tommy Hitt's character, uh, basically changing around the beat systems because I think it was Frank Abinell that sort of helped out with bait securities and stopping Ford's checks. Well, it was it was kind of like Tom Hanks was kind of saw that he was this necessary evil because Tom Hanks sees him and he goes, "Look at this guy! Like, if we can catch him, the amount of protocols we can put into place." that are 10 years ahead of people that are even going to try to pull this shit. Yeah. Like he was really such an innovator. Like Tom Hanks started to admire him and be proud of him and, you know, kind of want to bring him in and go, look, I'm not like you start off thinking Tom Hanks thinks he's the scum of the earth. But then by the end of the movie, Tom Hanks is like, let me help you. Like Mm -hmm. you're not going to live forever. You're not going to get away with this forever. He, he like risked his own job and shit to take him in and kind of keep him as this informant who helps him out. Yeah. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it, whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before, and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. The scene that you picked, Curtis. Now this is interesting God, too, God. All right. because this is actually it is a scene, but it's the first time I've heard anyone kind of just do like a paragraph. Most of the time, people pick a scene that has like more than one speech in part, and I'm glad that uh, yours do one speech in the part. So I'm gonna set the 
we're gonna set this the tone here, folks. We're now gonna bring you to right, the cinema where players Jesus. presents. This is the very opening of the movie. Um, it's at a, uh, I want to say, uh, a function, a gala, a dinner party, and Frank Abagnale Sr., played wonderfully by Christopher Walken, Frank Abagnale Jr.'s dad, is giving a speech um, to his business cohorts right there, and uh, we are now in the dinner party, and now Cinema Call Players presents Chris Williams of the Half Hour Bros Podcast <clears throat> as... Frank Abinell Sr. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. Scene. Perfect. Okay. There you go. That's about as good a Christopher Walken as I can do for a whole paragraph. Because anybody who does it, you can get real good in the beginning, but the longer you do a Christopher Walken impression, it starts to trail off. You know what? Uh, just to, so you're so you're not the only one on the spot there. All right. I'm I'm going to try this, Curtis. All right. Oh, thank God. I was I was so hoping. I wanted to all ask, right. but I didn't, didn't want to be rude. I'm no, so no, no. I I, I do you. this year. Thank you. So I'm going like, to do my best so that we two this thing at the same time, okay? So uh, I just need you to call uh, act, action when you're ready, okay? Because you're now going to direct the scene. Speed, rolling, action. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He sort of so hard that eventually he turned that butter into cream and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. Good job. That was horrible. That was really <laughs> <laughs> All right. It wasn't great, man, but I applaud the effort. You get an A for, for coming up and actually doing it, though. I'm, I'm, you get it. You get an A. I'm horrible at trying to do impersonations. I still has that like, yeah, he's like, he enunciates certain words. But man, you actually did legitimately here. I did like really badly. But you did what, the over the top Christopher Walken. Yeah, I did pretty much over the top. You you actually did the, the, the subtle. You actually were Christopher Walken. I did like Jay Moore's bad impersonation. Yeah, of that's Christopher right. Walken. <laughs> that's right, dude. Jay Moore. That's a that's a good call. That's a good uh, that's a good call out right there. Jay Moore's. Yeah, holy shit. Not many people know about that. <laughs> yeah, kids. Jay Moore was an actor uh, back in the uh, early 2000s, and I think he was on SNL. But I know that he did a bunch of impersonations. Oh yeah, I remember his stand-up special where yeah. he does the uh, Christopher Walken. Jay Jay Moore was an actor in the movie Go. Go look it up, kids. And I started Polly, and one of the uh, um, guys from Party of Five, and yeah, there you go. So let me ask, uh, let me ask you this real quick, not to not to interject. I just got to know: have you have you reviewed the movie uh, The Truman Show yet? I have not. Man, I just I just watched it the other uh, the other day, and it just it stuck with me because I hadn't seen it in years. No, it's a great movie too. In fact, uh, there's actually. Uh, recent 
follower of the show that I'm going to pull up the names right now, Film Fluence at Film Fluence. Okay. They recently just did an episode on the Truman Show, and I'm in the middle of listening to that right now, and it's it's really good. So if you want episode about the Truman Show, check out Film Fluence. They're on the Twitter sphere at Film Fluence. So yeah, there you go. We'll play with them. Check that out. Uh, so yeah. But what is it about this speech that sticks out for you? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a cycle, you know. Anytime you start a movie, you start the movie kind of where that character is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll start a movie and the guy will be 50, and he'll just be like this hardened war veteran. You don't see the you know 30 years he put in. But on this one, it comes in where his dad is kind of like he is his dad in his sense. Sure. So when his dad's giving that speech, it's a facade, the jacket, the award, all. Like, his dad's just a, a con man. He's, sure. he's trying to do whatever he can do to skip and, and scrape and, and all that, and it just doesn't ever quite work out for him. He had kind of like a peak at one point earlier in his life, and it just never culminated into anything successful. So you see, like, Leonardo DiCaprio's character looking at him while he's giving that speech, and he's, like, clapping and all that, and he looks up to him so much. And then when he makes it, you know, they have that second scene again when they're uh, eating at the restaurant. That's almost my favorite version of it, when he buys his dad the Cadillac, and he goes, he does like two mice, he, he gives him like half the story again, mm-hmm. and you just you see like the spin around of, of him giving that speech and him being so proud to like now at the second moment that they meet about it, Leonardo's way up here and his dad's still down here, but he's not going to accept any help. He still has that facade like everything's okay, and that's why everybody, that's why his marriage like busted out and all that. I just love that scene because later in the movie, you kind of in your mind go back to that scene when he's given that speech for the award, and you're like, Jesus, like his whole thing was just paper and straws. Like it all could just be blown down. It was all just like a huge facade. So he, in a way, he was that mouse that was sort of like drowning, even though he didn't appear to be that way. At least that's how I kind of – I would say he's the mouse – I would say he's the third mouse okay. that when people walk up and see the butter, he goes, it used to be cream, but I had to churn so much and turn it into butter so that I could crawl out and put the appearance that, you know, oh, what I'm saying okay. that he's the hero of the story. He's kind of like just on the scene when you get there, just being like, everything's fine. Yeah, I worked hard. I do this. I'm, you know, I'm amazing. I've got everything handled like I'm an established gentleman in the community. And then, you know, anytime somebody does any research, they're like, yeah, buddy, you're a. Uh, you're, You're broke. Even though even the bank loan, when he goes, you know, when he goes, I'm gonna walk into the bank and he's gonna give me that loan. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, he does the thing with the cashier lady where he picks up the bracelet or necklace and says, "Did you drop this?" Just to like, it's he is his father. Like, oh, it's a sh- movie I could watch every other month. Oh sure, yeah. I I even like the moments too where Frank Sr. T- talks to his son and he says, "Where are you going? Are you going somewhere? Where are you going? Going somewhere tropical?" Super nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all these politicians in here. They're looking at you. Yeah, they're going, all... Where are you going tonight, yeah. Frank? Huh? Where are you going? Ah, <laughs> oh. dude. He, he kills that. Just It was just a good movie with a good cast. When you put enough of those type of people in a movie, you really got to mess it up for it for it to, to, like, be a flop. But from the director to the cast to the supporting cast, like, it was almost a set-to-win movie. I, I guess, too, because it's... People have this uh, impersonation. I've done my bad Christopher Walken impersonation, 
And I'm pretty sure when people see him in this movie, especially from seeing him do his comedy skits on SNL, and I love the fact that Christopher Walken has a good sense of humor about himself, that he doesn't mind when people do impressions of him. Uh, but when he's in this movie, he, he kind of loses that Christopher Walken type persona, and he becomes this character, this guy who actually wants to become very successful, and he's not, and that's why his wife is cheating on him in the beginning of the movie, and they end up having a divorce because he's probably not able to provide for her the things that she wants, and his their divorce makes Frank Jr. run off and want to start his own life, and he's trying to very much emulate his dad and he wants to be make, he wants to make his dad proud of him. You know, he buys his dad a Cadillac, and even that at that scene at the dinner table, uh, his dad's like, you know, doesn't take the Cadillac. You know, he says, no, I'm gonna be working hard for what I have, and that's why he's gonna take the train there and take the train back. And he's just a guy that's proud of himself, and it's kind of sad because he really could have asked for help, and but he just never does because he's so proud of him and i think frank jr takes some of those elements at least for the beginning of the movie and he never really asks for help i mean he could have gotten help from tom hanks character near the start because he was still young and he didn't have to have any type of um um what do you call it here a uh ah i say it now he didn't have to change he could have gotten help right away, but he didn't want to because he was just too proud. The way, same way his dad was proud. Well, yeah, it's um, it's like, you know, he when he whispered to him, he goes, you know, I took the train here. I'm taking the train home. You know, like, he tries to give him the car. He goes, you know, what is the IRS going to think when they see me driving around in this? You know, and then he offers to help pay his IRS stuff. And he's like, you know, what are you worried about me now? He goes, everything's fine. He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to get your mom back. Everything's going to be okay. He's kind of living. He never, he never evolved after he hit his peak, his dad. And so now everything is a reference to when he was doing good in life. Exactly. And he's still just doing everything. He has a suit on. He's still doing everything he can. But, you know, he, he's proud of his son. But at the same time, he's, I can't take anything from you. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he comes from that generation of, of parents, man, that were just like, you know, kids are never supposed to give their parents anything. Even if the parents are on fire, you know, don't <laughs> yep. put me out. I'm not. I'm not your responsibility. Yeah. You know? Like save the water. You might need to drink it later, and they'll just burn. Like that's that's just how he was raised. Mm-hmm. And I I love to see how his son goes from there, and kind of shapes his life. Because you could tell even early on when he does the substitute teacher prank, when he goes to the new school. Oh yeah. In, and the kid goes, "You look like a substitute teacher." And he goes in there and he fucking he acts like the substitute teacher. The balls that guy has is pretty astounding. I mean, I know, like, I just can't even imagine I'd be able to do stuff like that, even at that time. Just to go in there, like, all right, folks, put your books down. I mean, we always kind of wanted to do that, kind of run our own school. And just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would do that when I was in school. That was like the joke in school when you came in. You'd be like, all right, guys, sit down, have a seat. And you'd act like the teacher for like two minutes until the teacher came in. Yeah. Oh, and even, then, like, yeah, but no, I would never have the confidence, though. And even when the teacher did come in, uh, she's like, what? I can't believe they called me in for this bullshit. That's it. We'll tell them I'm never coming to school ever again. And But nowadays, they probably would have just touched your credentials like, wait a minute here. I'm supposed to be here. Who are you? Let me call up somebody here. 
And well, he, he's he's like and he's like that that thing that like actors do or people that are aspiring to be something. They they do like the and game where sure. you just keep the conversation going. Mm-hmm. And he he just does that with every interaction. The substitute teacher comes in and goes, "I'm supposed to be subbing." Yeah. If that was me, I would have been like, you're right. This is a whole scam. Yeah. It's a sham. I'm a fraud. I'm sorry. I'll go sit down. But yeah. no, he goes, no, I always substitute so-and-so's classes. Like, he he doesn't waver at all. Like, this is the story, and I'm not breaking. And most yeah. people, don't, would... back, especially back then, they didn't know that that kind of, like, suave and, and cleverness really wasn't that prominent. So people would really just believe you. I just can't keep a straight face if I'm trying to con someone. I just – there's – I've got telltale signs. This probably why I can never play poker with my friends just because I just right, have right. really bad facial impressions there that they know if I'm holding or not. So, yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much, Curtis, for coming on the show. Unless you have anything more to say about the scene – uh, I will tell you this favorite Christopher Walken scene of mine. If you want to look it up out there, it's from the rundown uh, with the rock and oh. the guy that plays Stifler and Sean, uh, William Scott. Sean William Scott. There we go. And it's his, uh, it's his scene where he's trying to tell the mine workers about uh, like the tooth fairy has taken his tooth and he wants to get his tooth back. And he's trying to give like a metaphor from the rock stealing something and he's trying to get it back. And that whole scene, it's just, it's just classic Christopher Walken. Like that's, that's what I go to. That in the videos of uh, of people doing the Christopher Walken impressions online are also pretty good. But the rundown with The Rock, Christopher Walken, best scene of all time. Uh, you know what? And I'm probably going to end this episode with that clip. Because that would be the perfect way. Oh, that's awesome. To end this episode uh, talking about Catch Me If You Can and Christopher Walken. Curtis, tell the listeners out there again where we can find you and tell us, you know, uh, plug your upcoming episodes with Half Hour Bros podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, when does this episode come out? Uh, this episode will be coming out maybe hopefully Friday or Saturday. This Friday or Saturday. Depends on when I have time to get done. But by Saturday at the latest. All right. So if you're listening to it now, our newest episode's out. It'll drop uh, Thursday, so it'll already be out. Half Hour Bros, just Google it. It'll take you to our lips and page. Uh, go to our Twitter at Half Hour Bros Pod. We got our link tree with everything else that we do. Um, we're everywhere: Spotify, Apple, Podbay, all the everyone you could stream. We're on it. Uh, TikTok at, at Half Hour Bros Pod and Half Hour Bros at Gmail dot com, and that's it. And as always, you can find all our episodes on the Cinema Recalls website, cinemarecall.net. We're available on Stitcher, Spotify, Audible, Podchaser, everywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, special shout-out and thank yous to our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Again, it's patreon.com slash cinemarecallpod. And no special order, i got to thank Jeanette Miller-Mittenham from AKA Jeanette. I want to thank Jason Soto from Whatever with Jason Soto. I gotta thank Chris Revel of Let's Chat with Chris Revel. I gotta thank Donnie Roberts of the podcast Videorama Pod. I also want to thank his sister Linda Castro, also from Videorama Pod and Bedknob and Broomflits. And then, I was, lastly, I gotta thank Matt and Ashley from the podcast Matt. Sorry, Matt and Ashley from Mashley. At the movies, thank you very much, gentlemen, for supporting the podcast. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, and anyways, folks, that's it right for now. Uh, we'll be back with another episode, hopefully soon. I just can't really tell when it will be, but uh, we'll be back soon, and I hope you all have a great night. Goodbye. 
There are two men in that jungle who are trying to steal from me. I feel like a little boy who's lost his first tooth, put it under his pillow waiting for the tooth fairy to come. Only two evil burglars have crept in my window and snatched it before she could get here. Wait a second. Do you understand the concept of the tooth fairy? Explain it to me. I follow those dentures, he jolt us. Was I per you on dente? Ah, point le bacio. Almo fala. Ah, e fado. Wait, throw. She takes the goddamn thing, gives you a quarter. They got my tooth. I want it back. 